We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA front office show starting a new week. Plenty of NBA news to dive into. We'll talk a bit about the buyout market. We'll talk about some really important injury updates, a weird trade that finally went down. Lots to dive into. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane. Joined by Keith Smith at Keith Smith NBA. Uh, Keith, I guess we might as well just start right off with the Warriors finally have Gary Payton the second, but for a little while there it was looking like they might not a lot of drama involved, uh, maybe fingers getting pointed about medical information being withheld. Uh, this was a pretty bizarre situation that had four teams essentially stuck in limbo. Yeah. Four teams and four players who uh, outside of Gary Payton, the second were all ready to suit up and start playing for, for their new now, I guess, new teams, uh, James Wiseman to the Pistons, Sadiq Bay to the Hawks, Kevin Knox to the trailblazers and Gary Payton, the second to the warriors. So yeah, it was a somewhat complicated trade because there were a lot of uh, second round picks moving hands and, and those sorts of things involved too. So uh, yeah, a lot of stuff uh, going on here. And the Warriors holdup was when they did their medical. Uh, and how this works is you do the trade call. And the trade call is everybody agrees to what the terms of the trade are. And 99% of the time, that's left pending physicals. Now, in some cases, if you're literally trading for a player's contract and you don't care, it's still the physical will be waived and yeah. they'll waive the reporting. Uh, good example, Patrick Beverly and to the magic, right? The magic, if they found something they didn't like on Patrick Beverly, it didn't matter because they're just waving them anyway. And we're going to get to that uh, down the line here. But the Warriors acquired Gary Payton the second as a real player. So when they did their medical exam, it was uh, this core muscle injury is not good and he shouldn't be playing and he's going to be out you know, months with this injury. And then the Blazers were like, uh, no, he's been playing for us, which was weird because he played literally the night before the yeah. trade deadline. So uh, a lot of back and forth on it. Ultimately, the Warriors, my guess is somebody said, uh, hey, we saved about $100 million on taxes. Like, let's still push this deal through. Uh, so they, they pushed the deal through. And now my guess is what happens is the NBA will do an investigation. Uh, this happens about once a decade or so. They'll probably find that the Blazers withheld some form of medical information and they'll probably either uh, take a second round pick from Portland and award it direct to Golden State or just take a second round pick altogether from Portland. Now there was some information out there that um, that with with this entire situation that the, the Warriors 
Um, felt like maybe there were some treatments being done to, to Gary Payton the second. Now he's going to be out like three months, something mm -hmm. like, like that. They could take that long for, for that injury to recover. And then there was this kind of back and forth of, well, it's the Warriors now negotiating with the league in order to figure out how they're going to be able to push this through. I saw a little bit out there about where they considering, you know, can we still protest this? Can we still challenge this? I forget the exact terminology used, but can we still say something? Or if we just say, yes, the deal goes through, is that it? Like we're just accepting it and we can't mm -hmm. still kind of raise that challenge. Was that part of the discussion to, to your knowledge? Yeah, that was all part of it. And a lot of people went to, we'll just amend it, right? And people went yeah. back to the Isaiah Thomas, Kyrie Irving trade. And that could be done because that trade happened in August. So that's there's no deadline. Once the trade deadline is, is passed, you cannot amend terms of a trade or anything. We see every so often, it happens about every five, six, seven years, we'll see a trade get voided and sent back. And a bunch of people were like, well, yeah, it, it happened last year with Bull Bull. Well, that wasn't a deadline trade. That was an earlier season trade. It becomes a problem at the trade deadline because you're literally unwinding the entirety of the deal yeah. and sending a guy, guys back. Um, Portland had actually waived uh, Greg Brown in this trade to, to take two players in, in this and the other trades that they did, and that they, they weren't going to be able to undo that part of uh, what they had done. So that was going to be kind of messy. So it was, it was all around. It was just a very, you know, weird situation that it comes up like this. So now we're in a spot where the Warriors are basically going to let the NBA handle it, however they handle it. But that's why they couldn't amend the trade. Cause if it was as simple as amending it, probably would have seen Portland throw Golden State a second round pick down the line somewhere and everything would have been good and we would have moved on. But that that can't be done uh, after the deadline. So so now the NBA will handle it however they see fit and uh, everybody's with their new teams and everybody but Gary Payton the second will presumably suit up uh, or be available to suit up and play in the, in the their team's next game. Yeah, and the, the Warriors have got to just be hoping that sometime in the playoffs they, they're able to get Gary Payton the second. Uh, out there onto the floor. Um, uh, unfortunate news coming out of the weekend. Zion Williamson aggravates his hamstring, and now he's going to be missing several weeks after the All-Star break. Sounds like it really set him back quite a bit. So this is a tough blow for a Pelicans team that's already been without him for some time. There was some hope that, okay, maybe post-All-Star break, he'd be be back in action. And now it's he's going to miss some time now this is this is the issue with hamstrings because sometimes this happens where you can re-injure re-aggravate the hamstring and uh and it can put you right back to square one and that appears to be kind of what's happened here with uh with zion yeah i'd be remiss with our uh both having uh education backgrounds we spelled aggravation wrong <laughs> did we <laughs> yeah it should be an a that the, oh, I, you're know, right. the only reason I was, why i know is because I at first I was wait Zion aggregation like are we trading that's Zion? what as I was <laughs> as I was typing it I was thinking people are going to think we're saying aggregation yes ever, and so only... my brain went between the two <laughs> hang on I will fix that really quick here it is I've only written that oh aggregation goodness. word like twenty seven times twenty seven thousand times in the last uh, month so so that's what we're I, about, I wasn't so. even on our our <laughs> screen so it wasn't I wasn't looking at it in it. front of me I'm looking at our at our news stories mm -hmm. here. And I click over, I'm like, oh, yep. <laughs> there it is. But anyway, uh, yeah, the the actual injury, not funny as much as our uh, lack of spelling ability here on front office show. Um, <laughs> it's, it's Monday. 
<laughs> it is Monday after what was a long week, and yes. at least for me, a very long weekend spent in the rain at a soccer tournament. Um, rain and cold, not 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 a good combo at all, uh, especially for us Central Floridians. Yeah, I was gonna say not something you're used to out there. No, not not even in the slightest. But yes, I don't, now there's I've even seen some people speculating like, does he play again this year? Because oh. they're saying this could be several weeks now. It's almost sounds like it's back to square one. Again, which is probably at least three to four weeks before you know you start ramping things back up. So that's really, really disappointing. Now I've had a few folks ask, um, you know, with with um things are are we like is this gonna trip some of the protections in his contract in his upcoming contract extension where uh that, that'll go. That information is really under lock and key, and we don't we know they exist. Um, as far as games played, but I believe those are tied to, to specific injuries. And I don't think a strained hamstring is one of them. Um, but we'll find out, uh, somebody will find that out at some point down the line and we'll find out like, does any of that, those years in that upcoming extension, which doesn't kick in till next season, do they, are they going to convert to non-guaranteed years, partially guaranteed years, much like what happened with Jonathan Isaac's deal uh, with the magic, or is it going to be something else? So we'll, we'll find out um, as that goes, because he's obviously going to play in, I think he's what played in like 15 to 20 ish, 25. I don't even know how many games he's played in uh, this year, but is it going to be a, um, you know, situation where that, that converts him? I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, he's he played, played in 29. 29. Yep. Yeah. There it is. So, you know, half the games now probably by the time this this is over he'll probably have missed more than half the season um i feel fairly confident in saying that so yeah we're we're, we're gonna see you know where this all goes but uh tough for the pelicans too who are um you know they've slipped in the standings some so they've yeah. they've got some work to do it's now down into like it's it's no longer like hey we're gonna hand a top you know 20 pick to the lakers in exchange for their you know, top 10 pick is like an assurity load. It looked like for a couple months there. Yeah. Now it might be, uh, I, I think 538's projected standings actually have them like right next to each other in the play-in tournament. I think they're the 9-10 seeds in the play-in tournament by 538. So, so yeah, so just rough times for the Pels. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and never what you want to see, uh, particularly with a player uh, of Zion's caliber. You want him out on the floor and, and performing. And it's unfortunate what's gone on with him. Um, on the injury front. Um, let's jump over to some signings, some things going on there. The Raptors, they signed Joe Wieskamp. think that he can give him some, you know, some three-point uh, help, give me a little bit of help on the wings. I, I'm not anticipating he's going to play a ton, but, you know, I mean, if, if you're the Raptors, you don't feel like you're going to make a big splash on the on the buyout market or anything like that. Not a bad guy to, to take a flyer on here. Yeah, that's it. I think if you're Toronto, you're looking at it as, hey, we we did the Acapurto trade. That was our big, big addition. We're not going to do anything else major here via buyout. Um, Wieskamp comes in. He was there on a couple 10 days, so they've obviously got some familiarity with him. We bring him back in now for the rest of the season. And your hope is he becomes our version of Duncan Robinson, Max Struess, Sam Hauser, who's playing great for the Celtics right now. Like, like we get our shooter who can kind of be our guy that we can work with. And very likely this is a prorated multi-year minimum contract yeah. is, is what I would guess on this. It's, it's probably not, it's probably coming out of the remainder of the MLE because that's the only way you can give more than a couple of years And Toronto did have a little bit of that left and they are, you know, under the tax line. So, so that's my guess is they, 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 Gave him some of that. 
a little bit of a bump probably in this year's salary to get a couple of years that'll be attached, non-guaranteed, maybe a yeah. team option on top of one of those years. And then, then we move that forward. But this, this is, you know, good work churning the bottom of the roster. Yeah. And I think that that makes a lot of sense. If you're, if you've got a little bit of that MLE still left to use, you might as well do something like this with it, because especially if you can get those, those next years to be non-guaranteed or, mm-hmm. or a team option or whatever, like it's not gonna, it, it's not gonna hurt you. Yeah, as long as you stay out of the tax, and presumably they have. Yeah, right, right. Uh, the Pacers have decided to waive Serge Ibaka. I know he's only appeared in 16 games this season. He's a name that people recognize from the past, but, I mean, he's really fallen off quite a is this could Is this it for Serge Ibaka, or do you think he pops up somewhere on, on somebody's roster? It might be. There are a lot of open roster spots around the league yeah. right now that there's – if you count in the two ways, there's at least about 24 or not two ways, the 10 day contracts rather uh, there's at least uh, 23 or 24 open roster spots. A couple teams could use another big man. So maybe one of these teams that's a playoff team says, all right, you know what? We'll bring him in and we'll, we'll have them, you know, play for us and put him at the end of our bench. But Milwaukee is one of the best teams in the league. They were looking for another player that they could throw into their front court mix and they were very happy to move on from him. So yeah. I, I, I think we're, we're probably at the end of the line. Maybe he catches on for the end of the year, but, but I think we're probably done. Yeah. Uh, agreed with that. Agreed. Uh, Reggie Jackson is going to go to the Denver Nuggets. It's a pretty good addition to the Nuggets after getting bought out by the Charlotte Hornets. Um, not a bad, you know, we, we talk a lot about, how the buyout market guys tend to not make as big of a difference as, you know, as sometimes what it's all made out to be. But this year's buyout market is fairly interesting. There's going to be some, some names on it. And Reggie Jackson and the Nuggets is is one of them. He wasn't great for the Clippers this year, but just in terms of giving the Nuggets another backup guard option, uh, not bad. Not a, not a bad addition for Denver. Yeah, he's, they needed somebody else who's a ball handler after trading bones highland and if nothing else he's going to be solid for about 15 to 20 minutes a night in the regular season uh so for the last couple months of that here he'll you know do well the nights where they spot jamal murray rest or just backing up jamal murray he'll be solid and jackson has shot really well on spot ups over the last couple years he just hasn't seen as many of those With, with the clippers he's been doing a lot more with the ball in his hands Got to kind of remember last season, that Clippers team was a mess because Kawhi was out, Paul George was out a lot, and it really fell to Reggie Jackson to be almost the sole creator. And he did fine volume-wise, like if you look at his counting stats, but his efficiency wasn't very good. I think in Denver, you'll see his efficiency pop because he's not going to be doing a lot with the ball in his hands. It's going to be, all right, spot up or you're going to create secondary against a rotated defense and you know, those kind of things and get downhill. So I, I like this addition for Denver. He's a guy I, I know a couple of playoff teams are interested in Phoenix was also interested. And I think for the nuggets too, that's also a benefit where right? you kept them away from the Suns, who are now a you know contender against you in the Western conference. Well, they did keep him away from the Suns, but they weren't able to keep Terrence Ross away from the Suns, who was, uh, it felt like he was in trade rumors for like a decade with, with <laughs> yeah. the Orlando Magic, but um, but ultimately gets bought out by Orlando and is going to land with Phoenix, give them another option there on on the wing. The guy can still score. Um, what do you think about about that landing spot for, for Terrence Ross when finally the dust settles and he, and he exits Orlando? 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I think it's generally fine. They've already got Damian Lee, who's playing a very similar role as kind of the designated bench shooter. And at this point, I think Damian Lee is probably a more consistent, reliable guy than Terrence Ross is. Terrence Ross is the kind of guy who could come in and the next thing you know, he's like eight for 10 from three and he's won the game. And then the next night he might be one for 10 from three and he's kind of shot you out of it. That's just, you know, well, what he is, he heats up very quickly. But I think for Phoenix, this is they they had to rebuild their depth a little bit after the trades that they made. Um, a little bit more cover on the wing for them. So yeah, good, good addition. Dallas was trying to get him. I know the Celtics were looking at him, the Lakers looked at him. A handful of teams all kind of were like, all right, you know, we're gonna hear these same teams until they get their wing guys. It's gonna be the same group of teams that's gonna be that they, they, they're interested, they're interested, they're interested. In this case, the Suns got them. And I think if you're Ross, you're looking at it as Hey, that's a team that now has a chance to win and I can play. I, I say this all the time with buyout guys. It's three things that become the, the factor is, is the team a contender? Is there a real role for me slash minutes to play? And what's the money going to be? Often yeah. cases, the money is the same. It's usually a prorated veteran minimum. In the case of a guy like um, uh, Joe Wieskamp, he's not a true veteran buyout guy, but he got a little more. We're going to talk about Danny green in a minute. It sounds like he got a little bit more money. Sometimes teams have an MLE, uh, the Celtics, for example, they have the disabled player exception. So sometimes you can outbid teams money wise, but generally the money's pretty close to the same. So then it becomes, what's my role going to be? Team can win. Suns obviously can win and they've got minutes available. So that's why they land a guy like Ross. And keep in mind, these buyout guys, they're all on expiring deals. So they've got to be looking out for what is going to provide the greatest opportunity for me to showcase my skills so I get another contract this coming summer. So location and stuff like that doesn't matter nearly as much as it might if a guy is signing like a four-year deal. This is just a, hey, where's their opportunity for me to really showcase myself and ideally win basketball games while doing that. So that's it's a different set of priorities when players are signing deals off the buyout market than when they're in free agency, at least in most cases. Yeah, that's um, a great you, point. 
you you mentioned Danny Green uh, winds up with the Cavs. Uh, we uh, is that official? Official? He's with the Cavs. There was a little bit of back and forth on that. Yeah, I mean, so all these buyouts only happened yesterday. Um, but for right. the most part, like, like, or yeah, yesterday, Sunday. So these guys won't even clear waivers until sometime, uh, to tomorrow, most likely, depending on when they were waived, uh, or potentially some of them maybe later today, but most of them are going to be Tuesday. Then they can do all these signings because it's 48 hours on waivers. So what we're going to see with Danny Green, um, with him is he will get, he, Sounds like everything is locked in that he's going to go to the Cavs. Maybe there's a swerve here at the well, end, he, but it's pretty rare. He tweeted yesterday, it's not yeah, done. It's yet. not done yet. Yeah. Right. So that's why, what I was asking if that got kind of clarified. But everything, it doesn't sound like it's going to not happen. Yeah. So. No one has come back. Like Ross, there was, um, I want to say Woj and Mark Stein and a couple others were like Terrence Ross is headed to the Dallas Mavericks after right, yep. bio. And then it was like an hour or two later, it was like actually after a you know last minute pitch by the Suns. So it's kind of one of those things until this is official, like sure. I don't think anybody's uh, locking DeAndre Jordan in the house with a chair against the front door. <laughs> I'm on these guys, but you know, I, it's that was a day. pretty rare that it changes. Yeah, that was amazing. I wish we were doing the show then. Oh um, man, we would have had a blast. And Paul, Paul Pierce so awesome. is tweeting pictures of emojis instead of emojis of themselves. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, That's Danny right. Green. I think the Cavs had a ton of their MLE left over, so that does prorate down. But they're gonna. It sounds like they're gonna give him two million, which is about three times ish more than what what he could get um, on a prorated veteran minimum. So that part is there plus he's going to have a real role on that team because they've been looking for another wing uh for you know months now so i i that, that's a i think a good addition for the cavaliers i mean coming off of a fairly serious injury but still hoping that you know he's uh he can get himself going again and, and again this is a, a veteran who's been there who's won championships uh good, good addition i think for the Cavs. yeah and he in he Coming off that injury, he did get into a handful of games uh, with the Grizzlies. He played, looking up, three games with the Grizzlies. Didn't shoot well, but it's it's literally three games and I think a total of about, yeah, 43 minutes. So, um, But he seemed to be moving well, and that's what you're mostly looking for. Like, could, did, could he move well? I don't think he's going to be any more the Danny Green that guards one through three. And you mm -hmm. can switch them on to point guards and those kind of things. Those days are probably gone. But I think, you know, yeah, come in and play 10 minutes on the wing behind uh, some grouping of Isaac Okoro, Chetty Osman, Karis LeVert. That's that's fine. A little bit more size in the backcourt for one of the smaller starting groups in the league. You know, it's just this is what the Cavs have been looking for is one more veteran wing player. All right. Uh, another veteran signing with the Spurs, Gorgie Jang, who. How many times have the Spurs signed and waived Corgi Jang? It feels 97. like it's, it's, I was going to say, it feels like it's a lot, but he is, uh, this will be the remainder of the season, I believe. So uh, Gorgi Jang will, will stick in San Antonio. They like him a lot. He's a steady veteran presence. You know, you, you just lost Yaka Pirtle. So, mm -hmm. I mean, makes sense. Go with the guy that you know and, and bring him in and let him be around the, the young kids and, and all that. Yeah, to answer your question, uh, seriously, he was on a one-year minimum 
deal mm-hmm. then was waived from that when they needed a roster space. Then they brought him back on a series of a uh, couple of 10 day contracts. And now they've re-signed him for the rest of the year. So this is his fourth contract with San Antonio. And that's exactly what it is. He's a veteran that they love in the locker room. Uh, they're very, very happy with him uh, in their locker room. So that that's why he's there. He probably will play very little uh, the rest of the way, but, but he's there. And, and uh, part of the reason there was a roster spot was, Oh, uh, waiver that caught me a little bit off guard. I don't know if you want to go to that one next. Yeah. That was uh Stanley Johnson uh got, got waived by by the by the Spurs. Um, yeah. I wasn't necessarily expecting that one because I no, thought, I wasn't either. Yeah, I was like, all right, they're just going to keep him and give him minutes. But by all accounts, um, which also this threw me off. This is Stanley Johnson's eighth year in the yeah. NBA. Like I remember and he's watching still, that too. like youngish. Like he's yeah. not. Yeah, he's not old by any means. I think he's in like his mid twenties. But I remember watching him play like Orlando Summer League and being, yeah, like, oh yeah, with a hot rookie prospect, and then the second year guy who was there. And uh, yeah, I just but now he's in a spot where it sounds like he wanted to play with a veteran team, and the the Spurs were or contending team, I should say, and the Spurs were like, okay, you know, we're, we'll we'll let you go and let you move along. So we'll see. I think there's a chance Stanley Johnson actually gets claimed off waivers because he's on a minimum contract uh, as opposed to getting all the way through some of these other guys like the other two guys names on the screen John Wall Patrick Beverly their deals are too big to get claimed by 90% of the teams in the league but Johnson on a minimum contract almost anybody can claim him so it wouldn't surprise me if a team just claims him and absorbs the rest of that contract now this is something you know Lakers Twitter as soon as Stanley Johnson got waived went oh bring back Stanley Johnson right because he was fairly good for for the Lakers sure. when he was with them last year um and it, and it created a little bit of a stir because it came out that they actually can't sign him and most people were of the, and myself included were the, of the thought process okay he got traded to Utah he got waived you can't sign him after he get, gets waived that's part of NBA rules we've gone in depth into that why that rule exists for a long long time mm-hmm. okay he signs with the Spurs if they waive him that rule no longer is in effect when in actuality, apparently he would have had to have been traded Correct. by the jazz and then waived by the Spurs in order for the Lakers to be eligible to claim him. So as far as my understanding goes, the Lakers cannot claim him unless the NBA was to say, well, that's not really how the rule is supposed to work or something like that. But it sounds like it's unlikely he is eligible to sign with the Lakers. Yeah. I, and I'm 99% sure that will not happen that the NBA will give any kind of special ruling. Cause they did that in the case of Andrew Bogut several years ago. And it was, yeah, once you're traded to a third team, but that's the key. Like you said, it's traded to, you know, so yeah, once you're traded and then waived and it almost doesn't matter how long that waiver period takes. If you're traded and waived, that's it. It it gets you. That's why it was so crucial a year ago when the Pacers traded or the Cavaliers traded Ricky Rubio to the Pacers, that the Pacers not waive Rubio because had they waived him at any point, the Cavaliers would not have been able to resign him because it, it would have triggered that one year restriction right. for them. And the Pacers basically kept them all the way through and, and off they went and, you know, and then Rubio was able to resign. So that's, that's a little bit of the oddity there. There's a lot of stuff. If you dig deep enough into it, you kind of get in and it's a little, a little tricky and a little messy, but it's uh, like Danilo Gallinari, for example, Spurs waived him after acquiring him from the Hawks. So there was all a thought of, all right, well, the Spurs can't, can't sign him back and they can't reacquire him. Well, in reality, when the Celtics signed him to a fully new contract, 
They could trade him back to San Antonio. He just wasn't able to go back to the Hawks because he had been waived. So it's, it's sometimes you got to trace through and chain these things together to find out right, where is all these dots connected? <laughs> are they or aren't they connected? And you kind of go from there. It gets very confusing. You start doing the uh, Zach Alekbanakis uh, hangover. <laughs> yes, you know yes. he's just trying to do all the math and and, yep. and all that. Um, so, what about the other guys on this list, though? John Wall, Patrick Beverly, uh, both waived by their respective teams. John Wall back with Houston again, mm -hmm. two two paychecks now, I guess, from the Rockets. Uh, yeah, Patrick Beverly with with the Orlando Magic. Uh, I I mean, I would between the two, I would have to imagine Patrick Beverly is the more likely player oh, to play with another team. Yeah. Uh, and where where he goes will be interesting to watch. John Wall might be in the Serge Ibaka category, where that could just be that. Yeah, he may very well be. He, he has not been. Uh, he struggled this year, and it's it's tough because they think we're at the end now. Maybe this one might be. Maybe he sits for a couple weeks, and then if a point guard injury happens somewhere, a team will jump on bringing him in to to close out the year but part of the problem is i mean we talked about reggie jackson russell westbrook maybe will enter the buyout market uh, beverly's already there john wall's there most teams were pretty set at the position already uh going into to um you know the trade deadline and into the season really so that makes it hard to find spots where these guys can really fit and catch on with these teams we even heard reporting of the wolves are going to immediately bring back patrick beverly and they go back to our prior conversation they're allowed because they traded him then he was traded and traded again he's been traded twice since but the one trade from uh utah to the lakers was enough to remove that restriction the right. lakers to magic just I guess further removed it. It didn't really do anything to it, but it's you are it's extra the, eligible to return. It. Yeah, to you're, you're, yeah. Now that's like your second cousin three times removed at the cookout that you have no idea who this person is, right? Like that's you know. Um, but then the Wolves uh, reporters came out right away and like kind of refuted, like eh, yeah. there's nothing really there. And the Wolves don't have an open roster spot as it is. It's not to say they couldn't get there and open one up, but. As it stands right now, there's no room. So we'll see. I'm with you, though, Patrick Beverly, far more likely to catch on somewhere. We'll see. One other thing I want to know with all these buyouts and all this stuff, because people keep saying, well, it's March 1st. Guys have to sign by. That is not what it is. They have to be waived by March 1st. Mm -hmm. So they just have to be waived by March 1st. Not clear waivers either. It's not like the whole contract guarantee where it has to happen a couple days in advance. This right. is truly have to be waived by March 1st in order to be playoff eligible. Guys can get waived after March 1st. Then they just can't play uh, in the playoffs. I forget who it was now, but we had that situation. Yeah, um, It was with the Clippers. Gosh, they claimed somebody off the off of waivers from the Miami heat. Um, I don't remember it'll come was. to me later. Um, but it was, it was a guard too. Um, but anyway, they, they, uh, Rodney Magruder, they claimed Rodney oh. Magruder off waivers and then he wasn't playoff eligible because it happened after the March 1st deadline. It's literally called the March 1st is called the playoff eligibility, eligibility waiver deadline. So as long as guys are waived, they can sign all the way up to the last day of the regular season. That's a, that that's perfectly fine, but it just have to be waived by then. So John Wall could sit until you know mid late March, early April, and mm -hmm. then it could be, hey, we had a point guard injury, we need a, a veteran guard going into the postseason, and yep. he could catch on with the team then. Who's more likely to to sign, Kemba Walker or John Wall? Probably John Wall, I yeah. would guess. I, my guess is just some team will say, yeah, we could throw John Wall in there and be 
you know, give us a little bit of playmaking on a second unit and go from there. But that's a good question. I mean, probably, probably really neither one is my guy. Yeah, right. Yeah. Be, that's probably yeah. the most likely outcome, right? Is, yeah. is neither one of them. Yeah. Wow. You know, especially if like, like if Russ or Derek Rose hits the market, like that's even, you know, those two are far more likely to get signed than Keith, you, you, these guys. You've said that twice now on the show. If Russ gets waived. It felt like that was a certainty a few days ago, and now mm-hmm. there's a little bit that maybe that may not happen. What do you do? You think Utah doesn't, or is this just trying to work out the negotiation on the buyout, how much he's going to give back, and all that? It could be that 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 may be part of it. He may be saying, which is always the player's right to say, "I'm not giving anything back. I, yeah. I'm you know I'm owed this money, and I'm not giving anything back." Just like then, it's the team's right to say, "Cool, then you can sit on the bench every night," or not even come in, but we're not, we're not letting you free unless you give some of the money back. So that's, you know, it's a two way street with that. Uh, like we saw with Beverly in Orlando, it was very quickly like, Hey, I'm not coming to Orlando. And they're like, great. We don't want you to come to Orlando. Okay. And we'll find out here in the next day or so he gave back X amount of money. And that's why he's now a free agent. But in Russ's case, you've got that. There's uh, Tony Jones over at The Athletic who covers the Jazz. Yep. Did a really good piece on where everything stands. And one of the options is maybe he plays for the Jazz. I tend to think that's less likely because now we're three, four days later. He's still not there. I don't think it's all of a sudden going to be, you know, post-All-Star break. It's also a weird time, though, because sometimes teams will be like, you know what, go, we'll figure this out after the All-Star break and we'll go right. from there. So maybe we see it pop back up. The other thing that comes up with these situations is it, a lot of players don't necessarily like playing in the buyout market because what it does is it reestablishes or, or in most cases establishes your minimum guy. And then that's exactly it. It becomes very tricky to get that rep off of you as the year goes along. So, or years go along. So that's generally it's, kind of okay most guys can bounce back from it but but it, it can be a thing so we'll see you know what what happens with russ i'm not i don't know i kind of think this might be one where we just don't see him again this year and then he'll be a free agent we'll see where it goes the, the summer that's interesting that's interesting yeah i guess that that's certainly possible that um, i think that he, he goes probably unless he has like the bulls we've heard tagged with him right if the bulls are like hey we're gonna bring you in we're gonna play you you know, 30 minutes and, and here's a start starting you, spot or yeah. Yeah. Whatever it is. Then that becomes a whole different story. Then it's like, all right, let's go. I'll sign up and we move along. So we'll see. Okay. Well, the Mavs did not get Terrence Ross, but they are going to get Justin holiday. Mm-hmm. He secured a buyout with uh, the Rockets. What do you, is this? I, I like Justin. Holiday. I don't think this is a terrible, you know, he's not the same player as, as Terrence Ross, but this, this is a, just a fine get for, for Dallas. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I mean, they're clearly just on the lookout for shooters to put around yeah. uh, Luke and Kyrie. Like, let, let's just load up with some shooters, and that's what Holiday does. He hasn't done it well this year. He's, it, it wasn't a great uh, fit for him in Atlanta, and they had a lot of other wings, and they quickly turned. After Bogdanovich was back, they were like, we still want to play A.J. Griffin, uh, the rookie they drafted this year. So it became, all right, we're, we're going to move move along here from, from Holiday. So, yeah, I this is fine. It's probably not going to swing anything, you know, one, one way or another, but it's another guy with Reggie Bullock, Tim Hardaway. You just kind of throw him in the mix and, you know, whoever's making shots plays, whoever isn't probably sits and you just kind of keep it moving. All right. We've got another veteran player. The 76ers have signed Dwayne Dedman. Um, 
veteran big. We knew that they needed a, a backup big, and, and he'll get into the mix here in, in Philly. Uh, again, probably not a huge difference maker or anything like that. Maybe not you know, some of the names that were going around before the trade deadline, but you know, he's a, a veteran that can go in there and, and spell Embiid for, for at least a few minutes. Yeah, and this is probably, again, one where this will come into more to play if Embiid is out, uh, whether it's just rest days or if he's, you know, yeah. 10, you know, he picks up bumps and bruises here and there and misses games. And if he's missing a couple games, then Deadman probably plays more. Otherwise, they probably continue to roll mostly with Montrezl Harrell, you know, as the backup and just kind of keep playing it out that way. Get by with small ball uh, minutes with P.J. Tucker at the five against a lot of teams. So, but yeah, I mean, this is this is one where... I think Deadman looks pretty well done. I don't think he has a lot left. I think he's been pretty bad this season, but but we'll we'll, we'll see where where it kind of goes. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or twenty four seven in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Meanwhile, the Rockets added, well, they waived and then re-signed Boban Marjanovic. I said said that this was because of the internet outrage at Boban being being waived. The Rockets went, oh, no, 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 wait, 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 never mind. We take it back. And so they re-signed him. Maybe that, is that what happened here? I mean, I think that certainly did happen, you know. And then there was like this clamoring from every other team was like, "Add Boban." We all like, who doesn't want Boban, right? Like right. he's just, you know, everybody loves this guy. And but that's why the Rockets wanted him back. The Rockets. This is this is the weird part of the trade deadline where, in order to do an unbalanced trade, if you have a full roster, you have to waive a player to do the trade. You can't do the trade and then waive guys. So, like a couple people said to me, they're like, "Why couldn't they just bring in?" Because uh, it was really that trade where they brought in John Wall um, in that deal and Danny Green. Why couldn't they? They're waving both Green and Wall. Just wave one of them. Well, you have to have the roster space to complete to make and complete a legal trade first. So in this case, Bobon gets waived. And here's the thing: if you're a Bobon fan, you're happy about this because he gets his full salary, and now he gets a little bump on top of it because well, he gets it's another prorated salary. So it gets it's almost like a little bonus. Now, a couple people said to me. Oh, is this, could this be a way a team could do some like salary cap circumvention to give a guy like a bonus of like, oh, yeah. Hey, we, you know, like I forget somebody, it was a Celtics fan, but it was something like you know, wave a player in on a deal last year of his deal and then resign him and just keep doing it and giving him more money you know, as it goes. And I was like, yeah, right up until the guy's on that first minimum. And then you wave him again. And then every team in the league can claim him. Like yeah. it's not, you know, in the, in then, any transaction the NBA can can decline for the good of the game, and that yeah. would be yeah, you're pulling shady business 
here. In this case, everybody gets why this happened, and Boban's back with the Rockets, and and they love him in that locker room, and they you know they need guys like him on a very very young roster. Now the question is, are they going to keep any of the guys they traded for at the deadline? Because the last mm. man standing is Frank Kaminsky. Already waved Green, Holiday, and Wall. Does Kaminsky stick and they make it through the rest of the year? We'll see. Interesting to see on that one. Uh, the Thunder have converted Eugene Omaruyi, Omaruyi, <laughs> and Olivier Omaruyi. Sar. Omaruyi. Omaruyi. Yeah, hey, we're having fun with, with words today. Uh, but the, the Thunder make a couple of moves here. Thoughts on, on these guys? Yeah, so the Thunder at the trade deadline got Justin Jackson for Mike Muscala. They waived Justin Jackson. That opened a roster spot. They convert Eugene Omarui. He's a big guy, super athletic. He's played pretty well. It should kind of perk everybody up when the Thunder are converting two-way guys because they've done some work on the two-way market in the past with Lou Dort and a couple other guys who can really play. Um, So he's just a guy to keep an eye on here, a uh, you know, big forward who can do a lot of athletic stuff. And then Olivier Saar, who's a player they've had in the past on the Thunder and in their system as a two-way player in the past. They're bringing him back in, big center, uh, you know, kind of, you know, real uh, kind of uh, high project guy, I guess. Is you know, they, 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 they've, there's a lot of work to be done with him. So, so making moves there in OKC to kind of keep things. And by all accounts, sounds like they're going to keep Dario Saric. Um, on the roster and not wave him after they they acquired him at the deadline and what was really a tax saving move. Um, but yeah. the Thunder need bigs because uh, they've had some other big guys out and they traded Muscala. So it sounds like Sarch is going to actually stick there and OKC. We'll we'll see if that holds the rest of the year or not. This team could be really interesting next year when uh, when Chet Holmgren comes back. Mm-hmm. Just the, I mean, yeah. seeing the things that that SGA has done, that it could mm-hmm. be a really interesting squad for next year. Yep. Yep. Um, the Wizards are signing Quentin Jackson to a, a two-way deal. Um, we're starting to see teams, you know, make kind of moves like this. But uh, what are your thoughts here on, on Quentin Jackson landing with with Washington? Yeah, super athletic wing, plays really hard. He, he's a guy who was playing in the G League. Um, he really gets after it defensively. Just that's not something that's in a lot of supply in Washington. So I think you know, adding a wing that that can maybe play a little bit of defense. Let's see what it looks like. But he's a you know. We'll see. You know that they've kind of taken flyers like this in years past. Would not surprise me if this point in the year, if this is a two-year two-way contract, Washington has liked to do that in the past. They did that with Jordan Shakel, um, who they kept for part of this season. Um, keep an eye on Jordan Goodwin, who um, after Will Barton is bought out by the Wizards. I think, man, my Boston accent. I heard it there. My (laughs) wife is even shaking her head at me. Um, (laughs) Yeah. After the wizards do the bio with Will Botton, um, they're going to, they're going to do that bio. They're going to convert Jordan Goodwin into a standard contract because he's played that well for them. You know, there's going to be quite a race, I think, to get, to get Will Barton right now. Uh, when, when he so does, too. when he does care about, there's going to be a lot of teams after him on the market. Cause they're, but I think know, Will Barton's going to land in Boston. They, they really like him and they have a need on the wing for a guy like that. So we'll see. Put a, put him next to Marcus Smart. Yeah. That's it. I'll play with Marcus <laughs> Smart. Do some stuff on the buyout market. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no! Uh, somewhere Ben Affleck is smiling right now. Um, yes. All right, let's put me in a let's, movie. Let's get into uh, the ten-day signings here. I'm gonna uh, look through these very quickly. Yep. Um, uh, 
uh, Jamari Bouye uh, to the Miami Heat. They needed a guard. Uh, he's an interesting guy. He was playing really, really well for their G League affiliate. Again, another team, when they start bringing guys in from their G League team, it should you should take notice because they do really well with developing their guys. Kyle Lowry's been injured, so they brought him in um, from their G League team. They're a team that's also sitting on roster spots, potential conversions coming um, there. So keep an eye on that one um, with, with, with them. Uh, then we saw um, now blanking on the other ones, and I said I was going to do these. Um, what were they? It was Chris Silva signed another 10 day, um, with the, um, with the Dallas Mavericks. So he had been with them, uh, pre, um, all-star or pre trade deadline rather. So still now going to, going to finish out another 10 day. And then, then Stanley Umude to the Pistons on a 10 day contract. Again, another guy from the G league system that they're bringing in just to kind of see he's a wing uh, guy, um, a lot of teams had interest in him uh, at the draft, and then he ultimately went through camp with the Pistons. He's th these are also sometimes kind of almost pre-summer league looks, where it's like let's get them in, let's see what they look like, and then if if a guy then resurfaces as part of a team summer league team, then he kind of all right, there might be something there, maybe a little bit more to keep an eye on. Right, right, yep. Teams are already starting to look ahead to next season with some of these moves as. As Rob Palenka called it the other day, pre-agency, right? Looking, mm -hmm. looking ahead to, yeah. to the summer and to next season, and uh, and all of. I that. want to say one quick thing on that. Yeah, we. I had a couple of people reach out if if we could do a show where we kind of get into the Lakers cap space stuff yeah. and what it could look like. We'll probably, and I don't want to speak for you over on the Lakers Nation side, but since that's a very Lakers specific topic. We'll probably run like a yeah. combo where it's on both channels or something, but we'll do that as a one-off with, with that. That is like the whole show. Cause there's, there's a lot of interesting lot. things we can get into with, with the Lakers and what they could do. We can't do this summer. So we'll get I, into all that stuff. I spent a, about a half hour of the Lakers nation podcast. I recorded last night. It's posted now uh, breaking that down and basically getting into, you know, what their decision-making is going to be in terms of the luxury oh, tax and the repeater and, and all that sort of stuff. But it was mostly from a, a kind of broad perspective. So, yeah, I think we can definitely drill down a little bit further into it and look at, Hey, what are, what are the, the exact numbers and, uh, and figure out what it is they can and can't do this summer. So yeah, that, that's something we can absolutely do. Yep. All right. I think that about wraps things up for today. It. Make sure you are subscribing right here to the NBA Front Office show on YouTube as well as the podcast version over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you're listening to podcasts. Thank you, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow with more NBA news, all the latest. Till then, see ya and stay safe. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance.
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.